Ridiculous Nicholas Podcast. I'm here with my dear friend Michael Ledbetter from the Nick Moss Band. That's me. And uh, we're just going to hang out and chit chat. I just uh, we just drove up from Tupelo Music Hall. I swung down there, picked him up, raced back to my house so we could bang <laughs> bang out a quick quick podcast before the show tonight at Tupelo. How you doing, my man? I'm doing all right, man. I mean, we're we're about a a weekend. A week into a two and a half, close to three week run, so feeling good. Nice, you know. How, how far? How far did you go? Uh, st- like where have you been? Started in Cleveland, then uh, had a couple of couple of let's see, Cleveland had some shows in New York, including one in New York City at the was it the Cutting Room? Then uh, did a couple of shows in Maine, which was. Which was really fun, including a uh, timeout pub in Rockland. Timeout pubs happen, yep. man. That's that's a that's a good that's a good gig. That's a fun gig. Yeah, the people out there, they come out for it on yeah. a Monday night. Main <laughs> man, main people. Those guys, those those guys are those are music lovers. Yeah, so. that's great on a Monday night. They pack that thing out and yep. get 150 people over there for on a Monday. Why can't every Monday? Why can't every place be like? Yeah. That? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. How so how is New York? New York's all right. That's about all I can say. All about right. It. <laughs> all right. Was it uh, was it just you guys, or was it a bunch of people on a bill, no, or what um, was it? We we did a we did a late gig, like a late show in New York City. Um, a bunch of the band members from Chicago uh, played this show before us. It was really weird. It was cool, but. Uh, I was in the van for most of it because, because it's New York City, uh, it's not like we have a hotel room to go to or, you know, can just easily get parking. Yeah. So once you get your parking spot, you stay there. And so I just pretty much napped in the van all day yeah. until <laughs> it was time to go on. And so I just waited all day from like 2 a.m. And then we had something like a, I think it was either a 10 or 11 p.m. Uh, start time, and the, the cut is that the is that the place that has like seven different stages? I don't think so. I think this place had had just one, one just one, one stage. Main stage. Yeah, I'm trying to, there's a place in New York. Is it the Knitting Factory? Is that? I, I we I, I I haven't played that much in New York City, so it's I don't know. So your first gig was Cleveland, and that's that's not far for you guys, is it? Uh, seven hours. Oh, is it? Yeah, man. Oh shit. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it was that. I didn't think it was that far away. It's, it's a little hike. Hmm. It's not too too bad. 
Seven hours. Not for us. Yeah. Not if you can <laughs> get, not yet, if you can yeah. get the bottom bunk. Right. In the van. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> which, when, which when we, when we did our shows, you guys were all gracious enough to let the fat man lay down. <laughs> well, you on a guest. the bottom bunk. You're a guest in our home. Yeah. It was, that was very nice of you guys. I appreciated it because <laughs> it, it made the, it made the long travel days fly by. We've, we've figured out, we, you know, we have a system. So. And it works. It's a, you, you have to have one when you've got five guys that are in that close quarters for that length of time. Man. Otherwise, if you don't have a system, someone's going to get murdered. Road dogging it. <laughs> I mean, even when you do have a system, somebody might get hurt. Right. But <laughs> yeah, we, right. we, we, we've got something good. So. Yeah. It's a good thing that all, everybody in the band is cool. I like, I like everybody in, in, in your band. I, I'm, I'm fond of everybody in the band. And so it makes it easier. I'm sure yeah. doing, doing lots of traveling with people that are, that are good people in the, fi- <laughs> that, you yeah. enjoy, that you enjoy hanging out with. In the five years that I've been in the band, this has probably been the most easygoing group of guys that we've had. Cause there, there have been some, you know, it, there, there, it's been a rotation, uh, uh, you know, either, you know, band members have gone on to do other stuff that they want to do, you know, other, other kinds of music or just, you know, had some problems and had to take a break. But, you know, it's a really, really young group of guys who have learned to be, you know, boys, have, <laughs> boys to men. You know, <laughs> gone now, from boys who, and learned to be men. Uh, when you started with the band, how, how many is it? You and Nick are the only two from when you started. Or? Oh no, uh, Patrick, the drummer, is has been in the band longer than I have. Oh okay, yeah. All right, he was in the band probably about eight months before me. Oh okay, yeah. So, so you, you, Pat, and and Nick have been around the longest. Yeah. And then, and Nick Fain and uh, yeah, Taylor Strife and Taylor Nick Fain, yeah, are the are the are the new boys they, in they, town. Yeah, they the new kids. <laughs> so, yeah. how, tell me about how you met Nick and how you uh, how you started with the band and what your give me a, give me an idea of like your your history as a musician, um, how you started out, how you started playing, the kind of bands okay. or the kind of formations that you were doing before you hooked up with with the Nick Moss band and then how you how you hooked up with them. I grew up in a home that was very rich in um just music that's being played all the time. So I grew up always listening to 60s and 70s soul and R&B. My parents were always playing it. Uh when I would go to church, you know, with my grandmother, I was always singing in the choir with her, you know, so soul and gospel that's that's my foundation that's where i come from um you can cer- certainly hear that <laughs> in the way that you sing for sure i mean and you know honestly 90s 90s music because that's what i'm a 90s kid you know i was born in 85 speaking of so, voice to men right exactly exactly <laughs> so i have a lot of that influence as well just listening to Pop and nineties, uh, pop and, uh, and R and B from the nineties. That's, that's yeah. my stuff, man. And so there's definitely influences all around there. In my teenage years, and when I say, when I say soul, when I say, um, 
my house was rich in that kind of stuff. Stevie Wonder, Donny Hathaway, uh, Sam Cooke, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. Mot- you know, Motown and Stacks. All you yeah, know that yeah. that was that that was the meat. I feel that's that it's it's the same. It was the same for me. It was yeah. the same thing for me. Both my parents had very good listening taste right right and there was always music around my house my dad played music my dad was a musician okay and my mother uh, they split early on but my mother had a really good ear and so when i used to rifle through her record collection it was all the same stuff with aretha and ray charles and donny hathaway and the pointer sisters and you know we you know (laughs) we just did um we did a and a yesterday, the, the Nick Moss band. We had this Q&A going and, um, I told, I told these people about the first conversation that I had had with Patrick, the drummer in the band. Um, not the first conversation, but you know, kind of the first kind of get to know you kind of thing. Uh, and it was during the, uh, the mid December month. And he said, man, I hate Christmas music. I hate, I can't stand this shit. <laughs> I, I, you know, because, you know, it was all around us and, you know, I say, yeah, but what, what do you know about that Motown Christmas album? And he said, oh, that's, that's my favorite. That's the only Christmas music <laughs> I, I can listen to because when I was growing up, I didn't hear you know, Rudolph the Red Nose Rain. Right, and I, right. You know, I heard it, but not in my house. Right, you right. Know, in my house, it was Whoa, Rudolph the Red Nose Rain Deer. You know, the the, temp, the Temptations version of Rudolph the Red Nose Rain Deer. That's what my mom was putting on, even if even when the record was skipping. That's <laughs> and she still plays the record to this day, and it's awful. But it's a, it's. I've you even gotta got her the CD. Co- you gotta yeah, get her a new copy. Of I got that. her the, I got her the CD. I, you know, I got her the CD, but she just, you know, I think it's, it's not for just listening pleasure. It's, you know, that nostalgic kind of thing. But anyhow, um, so what were your early, uh, tell me some of the early, your early musical exploits. What, what were you doing as a musician before you, before you met Nick? I sang all throughout high school. Um, and different choirs and things like that. And through that, um, through a lot of people, um, uh, with their, with their help, cause I had a really hard head during, during high school. I was very, very ignorant to a lot of other musical styles and very ignorant to the fact that, um, I could get better with other people's help, you know? Hmm. Um, my, Choir director said, Hey, why don't you take voice lessons? I said, I don't need no, need no voice lessons. I got the, you know, you hear, do you, yeah, you yeah. hear how I sing? I got this. <laughs> I got this. I, but I heard some other singers at my school who were learning from the same guy and I said, okay, those guys sound really good. So I gave in. I started taking voice lessons from, uh, this gentleman, Scott Claus, and he was my first, uh, my first vocal coach and through a lot of different um through a lot of different uh what am i trying to say here um a lot of different things coming my way i developed a a, a huge love for opera music oh no shit yeah yeah 
and I sang opera for eight years in the city of Chicago. Nice. That's so that that's what I was doing from the age of seventeen to right around twenty four. I, I opera was my life. Did you hear? Uh, did you hear? Like it's maybe fifteen years ago, uh, Pavarotti was supposed to be doing. He was supposed. I think it was the Grammys. Yeah, it was supposed to be Pavarotti, and he and backed he, out last minute. He was supposed minute. to be doing Nessun Dorma and uh, Aretha and Franklin. And Aretha did Franklin did it. Did, yep. it. did you yep. see that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. That was happening. That everybody was, was like, everybody was like, what? Yep. <laughs> what the? What? Yep. Of, but of course. Yep. I mean, how can you question her? She came through. She did that shit. <laughs> I mean, she's the if there if God has a voice for me that's it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> she's got she's got the she's got the one. No, but that's that that was my life, man. And you know, you and I have had many conversations about blues and you know, kind of just kind of cool guys that we listen to, but I could ha- I could easily have just those conversations about like you said Luciano Pavarotti and 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 Maria Callas and Franco Corelli and all those guys. I I did opera music longer than I've been doing blues music. Oh shit. You know? That's great. So that I still love it just as much as I did back then, but And so your your vocal coach was was classically trained? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So he so that's that's the training that you got. Have you done any tra- any other kind of training? Uh, oh, I know yeah, there's yeah. a lot, I know that there's a, uh, a lot of different schools of thought when mm-hmm. it comes to singing sure. more popular music. Right. Um, that vary from classical training. Mm-hmm. There's a guy, there's a guy here in New England named Mark Baxter. Okay. And he's huge, huge vocal coach. I mean, he's done like everybody, Steven Tyler. I mean, he's just, he's the guy to go to, but he's accessible. All you right. can go to his studio. You can call him up and go, and he has offices in New York and L.A. and he has offices in Boston. Oh, man, too. how cool is that? That's that's a cool thing. And he's a but he's he's his he has a book called the uh, the Rock and Roll Singers Rock and Roll Singers Tool Book or mm-hmm. it's something like that. Some kind of handbook. For but it. it's yeah, a yeah. very you know he's he's a teacher of uh, uh, correct how to sing correctly how to sing correctly but how to sing rock and roll music correctly right, right. so it's a so it's he's a classically trained guy mm-hmm. but he's taken all that stuff and figured out a way to to put it into to, to put it into what works the right for, genre. for rock music or right. or for uh R&B or mm-hmm. you know yeah so that's why I asked if you had done any any other oh yeah um, yeah well not 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 in the vein of this is how you sing correctly in this genre. I, j- I only, I only had voice lessons when I was singing opera. Yeah. yeah. So, but I kind of did that for myself. I took the tools that I used on the opera state, on the operatic stage. And of course you can't sing, you know, like an opera singer when you're singing. Magic Sam and Otis right. Rush tunes. <laughs> well, but you, you could. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, yeah. You I could. I suppose you could. Because yeah. you, might, oh might man, be a little weird. <laughs> oh, there's all those. There's all those awful Luciano Pavarotti and Friends albums where he's like singing with, uh like James Brown and Celine Dion. Yeah. And all, like, oh uh, uh, shit. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> but, but I've done what I can to sing correctly. But 
The, you know well, what? Well, I think you're, I think you're on the right side of it. <laughs> I think you're on the right side. I think, I think everyone that listens to you knows you're on the right side of it. So. You know what, man? The, I mean, the first time I heard you sing, I was like, holy fucking shit, Otis yeah. Rush is here. Oh, man. <laughs> and you know, that's prob that's, that's the biggest compliment you can give me. So thank yeah. you for saying that. Well, you, you, you got Otis nailed down. Yeah. That's my dude, man. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can't remember what it was. If it was, I can't quit you, babe. Or yeah. I can't remember what it was that you that you sang, but it was like I went, what? <laughs> Holy shit! Gives yeah. me goosebumps right now just yeah. thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, but it's the same thing all throughout my time with Nick. People have come up to me. The more that they learn that, oh, you used to sing opera. How did you transition from opera to blues? Well, I've known you for a few years now, and yeah. that's the first I've heard. Of you it. didn't I know did, that? I didn't know that. Oh, that's sure. the first time that I'm hearing of this. Oh, so it's, this is this is great. Okay, all right. Well, I'm glad more uh, just as much for the podcast, but I'm excited just that I'd like like we're having this conversation. <laughs> like I know a, a really cool thing about you that I didn't know before. Everybody so. knows that yeah. shit, Nick. What? <laughs> yeah, but I didn't. You know, all right. Well, I do now. You do now. <laughs> but you know, it, it, this this is I gonna, thought you were. I thought you were a. a, 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 a gospel singer i yeah. mean i know you're a gospel singer yeah but that's where i assumed the majority of your experience was right. from uh if not mostly uh, pretty much all of it that's yeah. that's what i assumed in my brain just because i hear the opera sure. I, I hear the, the not the opera i hear the gospel in your voice when sure. you sing yeah um well i mean so. that's where i started out that's that's the core of you know that's the core of what i do but um what i was saying was when people ask me um, how I, how I, you know, jumped into, you know, these deep waters of doing blues from, from, from opera, it wasn't that huge of a jump. You know, I had to learn a few things, but all of my favorite opera singers were the people that I've, you know, they weren't, they, they weren't the most technically sound singers, you mm, know, interesting. They, yeah, they, I mean, they were technically sound, but they weren't perfect. Hmm. There's a lot of, there's a lot of perfect, technically perfect singers out there that, you know, the critics love and that, you know, opera goers love, but you don't feel it, mm. you know? And there's, and there's, you know, there's a way to feel opera, you know? Interesting. Just like, just, yeah, yeah. just like when you hear Magic Sam and Buddy Guy and Otis Rush, when you, when you, I, and, you know, it, when you, feel a, a note on the guitar or a growl from the harp or just a high note you know with somebody's voice and it's like a gut punch you know when you go oh mm. shit the same thing happens happens in opera music all the time oh, even shit. even even when you know that it's coming because you've seen you've seen the notes on the page and you know and that's that that's kind of, that's kind of the thing that people get twisted is oh well you know there's you know what you're going to sing the notes are on the page how can you put yourself how can you put your own emotion mm. into that that's that's your job yeah yeah that's that's the job of a of an opera singer is to put yourself into those notes i mean it's is there is there any room for interpretation? You can't when you, you do opera at all. You can't embellish. Yeah. You know, you can you you have to that's the cool thing about it is you have to put yourself into the note, 
but stay true to the composer. Yeah, yeah. So that's even harder. Yeah, yeah. You know? So the people that I liked when I, when I was singing opera and still do love and still do listen to all the time, Maria Callas. She was not a technic. She was a technically sound soprano, but she was kind of frowned upon because she uh, she would, you know, sometimes in 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 some of the arias that she would sing, she would uh, she would do away with the technicalities just so her you know just so her it just so. You could feel her heartbreaking. You could mm. feel that in her voice, mm. and you could say, you know, the the you know the the opera goers go, oh, that's not good. That's not good for your voice, but it may not be good for it. But you feel it. You mm. feel that shit. Interesting. So it's it's not it's not a big jump at all. So is there um, are there kind of two minds to it as far as. Like are there are like are there there there, there are, are several there, different minds to it, man. Oh, no shit, there really are. There hey, really you just are. think uh, you know it's a it's a weird it's a weird thing because yeah. you you put something in a box yeah. of how it is. You go, oh, opera goers, they like opera music, man. It's, and there's but there's but there's a whole different. Like I sang choral music, I sang classical stuff when I was younger. I sang yeah. choirs all through junior high and high school. But when I got out of high school, that was the end of it for me. Right, there was no more. Um, Florit, Florit Silva Nobilis. Right, there was right, no, right, right. <laughs> no more. There was no more. Yeah. There was no more et in terra paxo <laughs> minibus. <laughs> uh, I just, I, I, I mean, I liked it. I, I, I always enjoyed it, but. Sure. When I, once I got out of high school and then I got into like my first band, I, my focus changed completely. Mm-hmm. Musically. Um, but so I never saw that many different, mindsets of the of the opera goer well, and, you, and you know what in choral music your job is just to blend you know? you're right right so so i mean in the chorus there's really not a lot of there's there's one thought and that's to that's to blend right just you do know? your part just right. do your part right. blend don't be too loud but yep. be loud enough <laughs> yeah yeah exactly but when you're when you're the lead person and just as a singer there are many different it's it's like blues when you talk about when you talk about west coast when you talk about Texas, when you talk about Chicago, yeah, yeah. when you talk about Delta, Memphis style, there's just as many thoughts and many, uh, and, and it's way more cutthroat in the opera world. Oh, yeah. Believe it or not. It's, mm. man, you either doing it right or you're shit. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> no shit. Yeah. There's, huh. and it's, and it's that way for every person. It's, it, it's 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 cutthroat, man. Wow. So. Oh shit. So uh, so you're so you're doing so you're in you're in the choir. Mm-hmm. You're singing gospel. You're doing opera, and yep. then how do you meet Nick? I I decided that um, as much as I loved opera, I probably wasn't going to make a career of it. You know, hmm. I was doing comprimario roles, which are supporting roles. Um, I didn't do a lot of lead roles because I was so young. Uh, there are lots of great singers in Chicago that are much older than me, had much more mature voices than me mm. at that time. So, so what's your what's your age range in this at this time in your life? I'm I'm right around 24 years 24. old. 24. Okay. Uh, 23, 24, and so I decide that 
I mean, I, I, I have this buddy who, uh, he was doing a lot of work with the, uh, Chicago Blue Society and, you know, we, we'd always been friends and I, I've always, you know, enjoyed blues music. My dad's a huge BB King fan. So that was always going on in the house as well. Yeah. Um, so I said, you know what? I kind of want to, I want to get involved with this, with this blues scene. You know, I joined this band. It was kind of a cover band. It was really, really fun thing. It was called the cue balls. It had a heart player and, you know, we did, you know, we did bars. It was a weekend warrior type of gig, yeah, yeah. you know, and it was, it was cool and it set me up for, a lot of, you know, it taught me about how to be in a band, you know, it was a bunch of kind of older gentlemen who had been around playing. I mean, the average age in the band, they were all in their 60s, you know, all right. just kind of these big dudes, with big white beards and stuff like that. And then me. <laughs> so it was <laughs> it was kind of funny to see. And I was I was re- I was re- I was huge back then. I was, you know, doing competitive bodybuilding and stuff like that so it was no it was shit. it was a That's w- another thing about yeah. it i didn't know no <laughs> shit it was a it was a weird look to the band <laughs> but <laughs> to but i i was doing that kind of stuff and i said you know what i want to try to get involved in this chicago blues scene i want to try to get my name out there because i think i can i can do something here so the the way that i that i had met nick is um, there used to be this bar, or there still is this bar that played a lot of blues music or had a lot of blues acts in town. Um, and the Kilbourne Alley Blues Band, um, on, on Nick's label. Do you know Kilbourne Alley? Yeah, Nick. You heard of them dudes? Nick turned me on to them. Yeah. And man. They're bad. They're fucking bad. They're bad. <laughs> bad ass. I mean, and yeah. Yeah, he turned me on to them when I was in Chicago playing with you guys, whatever okay. that was a couple months ago. And, Man, yeah, that's really heavy shit. That's that one of them dudes. Sing, yeah. yeah, that just Andy Andy Duncanson. Whoever I mean, whoever doesn't know about Kilborn Alley and Andy Duncanson, man, that's one of those guys that makes me just. Oh man, anytime I hear him sing, I just yeah. I don't even want to do this he shit. He's bad. He's yeah. bad to the bone. But uh, my that friend that was in the Chicago Blues Society, we went to to see their show you know it was is two minutes away from my house we walked there and uh i was watching these guys and i was like wow i had never heard of them before and during their set break i went up to talk to andy at the bar i said hey man i just want to let you know i'm a vocalist um and i love what you do man you're amazing i mean i'm i'm a guy that's trying to do what you do and i just want to say i really appreciate you know your talent and so he was really cool to me. He, he, you know, we had a conversation and they got back up on stage and he said, Hey, y'all, we got Mike in the house. Uh, uh, Hey man, come on up here and, uh, sing a little something. And I, <laughs> I, I said, what? Oh, I, I, he took me by surprise, man. And he had, they actually let me up to do a, a tune or, or two. I don't, I, I can't remember, but he, I just remember him going, uh, Damn, he just told me he was uh, a singer from this town. I ain't know it was going to be American Idol up in this motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I said, uh, so, um, lucky enough for me, Kate, 
Nick's wife was at that show. Oh, nice. So as I'm walking out the door, she said, hey, do you know who Nick Moss is? I said, hell yeah, I know who Nick Moss is. Because the band that I was in, our opening tune uh, every night was heavy on my mind. And that's a that's a Nick Moss song. I had, I, had, I, was, yeah. I was a fan. I was a fan of Nick's. I said, yeah, I'm actually going to his show tomorrow night at Rose's. He goes, and she goes, well, I'm his wife. And if you're really going tomorrow night, I'll get you up on stage with him. Nice. Said, All right, <laughs> <laughs> um, and so weird how shit works out man, sometimes, isn't it? it it's, it's luck. Yeah. Right it's place, crazy. right time. Yeah, it's crazy how shit just flip, flip, flip. Yep. Just these, these three little situations. That exactly. One, how one how led to that. One led to that. One led to that. Yep. <laughs> Crazy. And so I went to that show, you know, she got me up on stage with him. I sang, I sang some Freddie King with, with Nick and, you know, we, we had a friendship from there and for about a year, for about a year before he put me in his band, he was trying to get me, uh, he was trying to get me gigs with other guys in Chicago, but you know, like he tried to you know give me a gig with like dave specter and oh um, yeah yeah Dave's yeah great yeah but dave uses you know, tab uh no 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 tab, he, tab uh, Robinson. Tab, he, no he's he doesn't use him anymore but um because um tad's in indiana now i think he just stays there he, oh, uses, okay. he uses jimmy johnson man oh and, okay you know he's still around yeah man jimmy <laughs> jimmy is still around and going strong yeah yeah I've and seen he's, him a and number. Of, I've seen yeah. him a number of times, and he sounds just as great too. No shit. Yeah, he's one of those guys where his voice just didn't change. Ah. You know, but yeah, he. You know, Dave ain't gonna. He's not gonna call up some unknown kid when he's got Jimmy Johnson. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, he's got Jimmy Johnson <laughs> to do the gig for him. You right. Know? So and I used to go see him. He used to play around here at the Rhineborn a lot, and uh, yeah. a couple other places around uh, that he used to play. He would travel. Th- I haven't seen him in a long time. It's probably been a decade. Yeah, bad dude. Yeah. He's still he's still nasty. Good, good. Still nasty. Oh, that's great. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, but uh, you know, uh, lots of the guitar players in Chicago they do all of their own singing, even if it's not that great. You know, they don't have to pay an extra guy to sing for them, so they just, you know, right? They go ahead and they, you know. No, nobody wanted me really so i ended up one day uh calling up nick and i said hey man what are you doing he said oh i'm going to the studio right now i said to the studio you're you're recording he said yeah yeah i got the i'm doing my new record i said can i go he said sure man you can come along i wanted to i wanted to see how a record was made man you know, yeah that was, i thought that'd be cool <laughs> so you know, he had these, some of the, some songs were already tracked and, you know, you know, Nick, he's, his, his wheels are always turning and I'm sitting back on this couch and he said, he said, Hey, Michael, you think you can put some backgrounds on, on this song? I said, hell yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, I can do some backgrounds. I was doing back. I ended up doing backgrounds on six, five or six songs that day. No shit. Yeah. And it's funny. He, uh, he had this, uh, this doctor's appointment. And what, what, so what record was this? Uh, here I am. Yep. Here I am. So, so he had a doctor's appointment right after his session. He goes, come with me, man. I, 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 I gotta go to the docs and then I'll take you home. And, uh, 
So we get in the car. He said, hey, man, you want to go on the road? <laughs> Just I said, like that. I was, yeah, I said, <laughs> he said, you, you, you messed me up, man. I'm never going to be able to do these songs the same again without your voice on them. So you want to go on the road with me? And that was that. <laughs> That's fucking great, man. Yep. I tell you, man, when I uh, when I was in Chicago and I was listening to the, uh, I felt I felt fortunate to be able to hang there while you guys yeah. were were tracking some stuff for the latest record. Oh yeah, and man, some of the harmonies you got you guys were doing. Uh, you had uh, two other ladies, yeah, we had the girls, two other gospel day, yeah, singers, yeah. and the three of you together. Yeah. Fucking Christ! I can't wait to hear it, man. I haven't heard it since I heard it that day. So it's. So it's. Uh, I know you guys got copies, so I'm going to get. I'm going to say we got them with us. I'm going to get one before we go because I, I need yeah. to hear that stuff again. Because I was. I mean, it's a small studio. I sat in there for a while, and I felt like I was kind of in oh. people's way, and I was like, I'm, <laughs> I'm just going to get out of the way, man, because it was. A, it's a small area, so. Yeah. Um, fortunately, my bed was like ten feet away right. from where the studio was. At, <laughs> you were right so, outside. So I just so I just hung out and I listened to it out there. Yeah. It was just it was quiet. I was just reading and yeah. reading and, and listening to it. Thin, yeah, so yeah, good. Yeah, it was great. No, I'm really proud of uh, of what we did on this one, man. You know, the stuff that I heard was sounded killer. Yeah, it's some of the best stuff that I've heard from this band. So, so I'm I'm excited to to hear the the full mixed mastered. Right. right. Here it is. Ready to go. It's one of those things, man. The studio is just a, it's a different, you, you know how it is. It's just a different beast than stage. Mm. You, know? you listen to yourself back and it's like, oh, everything's so naked and, you know, it's just not like it is live. But, you know, as I, as I'm in the studio more and more, I think I'm getting, getting more of the hang of it and a lot of the songs that, we did on this album i can never i can never really say that i've listened to a song on a record that i've done and been like all right i'm completely content but you know dude that's a hard thing oh yeah yeah it's a hard thing and you should really never be content with you know no you should but you're right but I, i tell you the 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 last record that i did it's the first thing that i've ever been happy with right and i've probably made eight records right okay and that's the first one that i ever went this is my fucking record here you go (laughs) that's cool deal with that deal with that thing right there because that's what's happening yeah and it's the first one i mean there's definitely things all over it where i would like to change this and i'd like to change that and the kick drums too low and the you know trombones too low and the vocals are too high and the you know whatever there's a million little things in there that ah, i could have yep could have done this and I could have done that. All but, this hindsight bullshit that's just going to play with your mind. But you're always going to do that. And that's just a sign of being a good musician and being a good artist and right. and caring about what it is that you're putting out there. Yeah. But to finally be able to have something that I was proud of, I was really happy with. Right. You know, because it's not most of the things I did. I was like, For something, I guess it's a thing. It's a. Yeah. It's what we do. Kind of yeah, that thing <laughs> right there. No, there are def- there's like songs on this on this new one, man. That I man, I cried, I cried when I heard them. Hmm. I heard I heard a master, I heard this master mix of uh, th- we did a song called Simone, and I wrote it about my daughter because mm-hmm. Simone is her middle name, 
and I heard how it turned out, man. And, and the boys just everything was so authentic. It was exact. It was exactly how I pictured it when I wrote it. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's it, good. And I, I <laughs> broke down and cried, man. I, <laughs> I, and I, I called all of them. I called them. I said, man, thank you. Thank you guys for sounding so amazing on this song. You know, just, so there are just so many, this, this one and, uh, and, you know, Father's Day, the record I did with Ronnie Earl, that's hmm. definitely, that's got some work on there that I've been like, all right, that captures a lot of what I can do. So I feel like I'm getting the hang of it. Yeah. You know, well, that's a good, that's a good name to be associated with. That's a good, uh, you know, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm man. sure you've gotten some, some um, a lot more heads turned. Yeah, by, man. I by mean, getting it's, together with Ronnie to to do that record. It was a it was a good opportunity, and uh, yeah, yeah, I took it. <laughs> and how 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 long were you in the studio with him? Was it you, two days? Two days. Yeah. Bang bang, and you did what? I would say, tunes? yeah, something like eight, that. Eight, eight or nine. Eight or nine tunes. Eight or nine days? tunes. I was supposed to do five. <laughs> I ended up doing eight or nine. Uh-huh. And, um, and I would say maybe two or three of them did a second take. Hmm. Most of that record is take one. God that love I can, you. That, that I can remember. So. God love you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I'll <laughs> oh, trust, trust, I'm, me, trust I'm a, me. I'm a, I'm a 20th take. Like, all yeah, right. No, no, trust me, man. I, I'm, all right. Like, keep that part. <laughs> keep that. I want that one line. Keep that line. That sounded great. I'm going to sing the next line. All right. Well, everything was live. <laughs> everything, you know, every, it, it was so live. It was like we were on stage, man. So he's got a crack band there. So yeah, it's yeah. not, it was the band and that, that studio space was, it was really cool. What was this? Do you remember the studio? Ah, oh, shit. I can't remember it. No. Mm. It's the place where they do all the Stony Plain uh, things. Mm, rear window? Could be. Mm. I, I, I'm not going to say yes yeah, or no yeah, right yeah. here because I have. I know, I know I they do st- uh, some Stony Plain stuff. They do at Duke's house, the Mood Room, which okay. is Duke's recording studio. But that's. I think that's where they just do his stuff. All right. Yeah. Like, maybe some of the other artists that he's kind of working close with. Okay. Record there. Yeah. Um, but he's a Stony Plain dude. Okay. Duke, yeah, yeah. Duke's on Stony Plain. This is great, dude. I feel like we could do like two more straight hours of this. Uh, we definitely just, could. just flew by. I mean. So we're, we're going to do it again, dude. We're going to do it again. We're going to get together and do another podcast. This is a good one. We got like a nice, nice chunk of like whatever, 40, sure thing, 40 minutes and. And then, uh, with your permission and, and Nick's, I'll, I'll throw a tune on the end of this. So, uh, so you guys can, can listen to, to what's going on with the Nick Moss band. Absolutely. And, uh, I want to thank you, my friend. And, uh, we're going to head off to your show right now. I'm excited to hear you guys play. It's been a, it's been a minute. It's yeah. been since Chicago. Thank you for having me because we've been trying to do this for a while. I know. <laughs> I know. This is the, this is the third time we tried yeah. to set up doing this and it was like, yeah, nah, yeah. yeah. Ah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think I can do this. Bruh. Yeah. Uh, nah. <laughs> Something came up. Good. Well, we got one in the books and we're going to do another one. Thank you for doing it. Ridiculous Nicholas Podcast. I'm here once again with my dear friend Michael Ledbetter. Thank you so much. Word. See you later.
Nicholas Nicholas Podcast is brought to you by Pizza 911 of Manchester, New Hampshire. Uh, their website is pizza911nh.com and their phone number is 603-625-2201. They have awesome pizza, calzones, subs, you name it, fried fare, sandwiches. Um, and they provide us with all our food on Sundays when we record the Ridiculous Nicholas podcast. So give them a call. Let them know that you heard about them on our podcast, and they will give you a free order of breadsticks. Again, it's 603-625-2201. And we are also brought to you by Team Link of Hookset, New Hampshire. Uh, their website is teamlinkhooksetnh.com. A great place to train Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, mixed martial arts, boxing, kickboxing, karate, uh, whatever it is you're looking to study. Uh, they have a great instructors over there. I've been training there for four years. Um, you can check them out at teamlinkhooksatnh.com, and you can also call them at 603-641-3444. Uh, ask for Ed Carr. Let them know you heard about them on the podcast. They will give you a free T-shirt and 30 days of free lessons. <laughs>